Today I talked to Aaron Armstrong, February 8th, 2021. We broke in the podcast studio at Aaron's co-working space, The Venture Project, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, Aaron's goal is really creating startup entrepreneurship community in Oshkosh and I think beyond, let's call it Northeast Wisconsin. And Aaron is a West Point grad. He got into real estate quite a bit and he purchased this building where the Venture Project exists in downtown Oshkosh. And what they've been making out of it seems pretty cool. Seems like they have the right idea to get things built in person and online. Um, <clears throat> he's bridging that gap, and and I'm glad to see it. So we kind of talked about the future of that space, um, a little bit about Aaron's past, and, yeah, the potential of entrepreneurship in Northeast Wisconsin. Enjoy. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? What's up, friends? We're live. I am here with Aaron Armstrong. I am in a completely new space. This is the Venture Project. I'm in Oshkosh, of all places, where Venture Wisconsin started. And uh, some some cool energy going on here. I'm going to be talking to Aaron about startups, about co-working spaces, about the landscape and mindset and how we can make Northeast Wisconsin a better place. So without further ado, welcome, Aaron. Thank you yeah, man. Uh, for inviting me here. This is great, man. Thanks for coming in, breaking in the, the podcast studio. So we're going to be the first real live podcast coming out of this. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Break the seal, man. The christening right here. <laughs> <laughs> Break the seal. That's funny. Yeah, it's a great space. Um, so so this is, this is the Venture Project, downtown Oshkosh. What is this? The 100 block, the 200 block? 200, 210 North Main. Right in the heart, not far from the river. So, why don't you just kind of give me the lowdown and then we'll, we can kind of work backward from there. What, like, what's going on here? What are we doing? Yeah, so, so the Venture Project is a co working space, business incubator, and mentorship network. It's right here in downtown Oshkosh. We want, you know, we wanted to keep things local. We wanted to go local this year. You see a lot of people moving their entire businesses to this, this huge, massive national digital presence. And I think, you know, when the market zigs, it's time to zag. It's like, well, what, what do we have right here in front of us? What about the network right under our nose? What about the business owners that are just next door? You know, who are these people? And how do we get to know them? And how do we get to start to leverage them and build community? So this idea was probably two years in the making you know, let's make a let's make let, let's make a co-working space. It's something that would be cool. Um, I think there's a demand for it. You know, there's a couple other ones in the Oshkosh area, but how could we make this unique? How could we make this fun? How could we create an environment where people could learn from each other? You could have like tiers like a karate belt. You know, where you got some more experienced people that black belt level that share value with some of the white belts and some of those lower levels, right? And then all those belts in between. I always forget which ones there are, but you know, <laughs> that's kind of the idea of the venture project is to kind of create that environment. Yeah for real there's knowledge is a resource 
and it's an abundant resource if you surround yourself with the right people. So how do you facilitate those relationships? How do you facilitate that communication? Yeah. So I mean, like when I was in my early twenties, I someone said that like in order to start to grow a business or become successful or whatever, you should find a mentor. And I was like, okay, who could I find that wants to talk to me? Nobody wanted to talk to me. You know, like it was it was impossible, it seemed like, to find mentors. And that's what I wanted this environment to be, kind of that broker between more experienced people and bring them in to less experienced people and people interested in starting and provide that mentorship. So that's a third key piece to the business. You know, we've got the co-working, you can rent office space. We've got business incubators, we'll have classes, programs, training. Uh, but you also have this this mentorship network, this this group of people that have access to different tiers of experience. Mm-hmm. So, what what's been the feedback so far, and how do you curate that mentor network? Well, there's been a lot. The first thing people say when they walk in is like, "I didn't realize how big this was," <laughs> like right here in Main in, on Main Street. Um, but we've got a lot of interest from from really a wide variety of different people. You know, some people from just that college age that are interested, they're graduating, they want to start a business, they want to, see, they got all, all the time in the world to kind of make their mistakes or try stuff out or do what they got to do. But we also have people, you know, in their mid thirties, some successful professionals trying to scale. You know, maybe they've grew something in their basement and they're going to their next level. They want to get out, get an office, and start having a professional storefront, that kind of thing. Um, been a lot of positive feedback. The community has been very supportive. Really exciting to have such a supportive community, and which is why we went with. With our, you know, our motto, you know, bloom where you're planted. It's this idea that you don't need to run away to a big city. You don't need to go to Hollywood. You don't need to go to New York City, Wall Street, whatever. All those big dreams that I had when I was younger, I was like, what if you just started right here and, and worked with the people around you and started to collaborate with those people right next door? What could you create? And you don't realize that all these different businesses, Oshkosh Bagosh, Oshkosh Corporation, you know, were started right here and they grew to be these massive companies. Who's the next generation of that? You know, who's the next generation to start to build skyscrapers in downtown Oshkosh? You know, and, and people are like, ah, oh, that's funny. It's like, yeah, but that's how this is done. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how real estate's built. That's how communities are built. That's how economies and infrastructure are created with the, with the people taking the risk on the ground that first day. So we want to be that environment to encourage people to do that. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure everything's going good on here because this is good shit. <laughs> you fellas are looking good. Okay. Do you know Lyle? Fox Valley Comedy? Lyle's coming over tomorrow. Hell yeah. He's I'm going to meet Lyle for the first time. He's you're looking swole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true, though. It's like network effects, right? It's like the value of a network is the square of the number of users. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do you create community? And making those connections is really where the power comes in. And I like where you're going with the, that's how the next generation has started. Um, and you have to start. That's the key, you know? And like, I don't know, that's that's what I like about you and what you're doing. Um, that's like one of the things I feel like I do well, is like you just just do it, don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. So um, what what are some of the like ways people can engage with the Venture Project right now in terms of like offerings and like how they can 
participate yeah so lots of different ways if you just want to be creepy and stalk us on social media that's cool you know we've been posting a lot of stuff on our instagram it's the underscore venture underscore project our website the venture project oshkosh.com we're posting all sorts of stuff updates everything like that mm -hmm. we're having our grand opening march 10th it'll be an open house people can come in off the street check it out but if you guys just reach out in the dms slide into those dms you know of any of the any of those different avenues or social channels shoot me a note i'll give you guys a walkthrough you can check it out if you think this is something that you want to be a part of or, or participate in you're more than welcome to come do tours like i'm here all day you know we're just trying to show people what we're what we got going on and it's just going to be one of those you know experiences that we're going to just constantly keep tweaking things see what the members find value you know how do we keep building this community and everybody's got kind of a say in it yeah i like the uh, the grassroots feeling like you guys are doing the it's kind of like giving people a stake in in what it becomes because it is so like you're just starting you're just doing it like um but there's a lot to be done from you know even just handiwork you know just yeah. like painting the walls and and that type of stuff but you guys got some street view offices available you guys got some flex like memberships available some almost like storefronty type Mm -hmm. options so yeah we got two front offices right now that are are available right off of main street so you know that kind of those those executive suites we call them because those i think they're the best real estate in the house mm -hmm. so that's available right now have a lot of interest multiple people have walked through um kind of starting at all different levels so, hey if this is open in march i'm in it's like well you know if it goes before that it goes before that so it's mm -hmm. just kind of that's what we're we're looking for we're just trying to get people in here be a part of it and see if that they're comfortable you know being vibing with all of us and the energy you know how it is yeah but but we also have a lot of room for flex members so there's three tier options you have uh, for 47 dollars a month you can be this this flex or startup is what we call it you know for exactly those types of people they i got maybe got an idea rolling they just want a space they can maybe meet clients they can hang out they can be around like-minded people because when you're starting out there's so many people that want to discourage you it's very difficult to find an environment of people when you tell your idea for the first time that someone says that could work you know that might be a good idea there's so many people out there that say that'll never work that's been done try googling it everybody's got that going on it's like that's not how it works necessarily it's about cutting out your niche of the market and there might not be something like that in Oshkosh or there might be a differentiator we can strategize with and it's about finding the opportunity within the opportunity that makes us different can I even building on that as an idea person who's always pitching ideas on my own business and for other people's like oh you should do that um, sometimes I feel like it's not even about people putting your idea down nowadays everyone's so like fuck maybe like yeah. you know <laughs> like, yeah. um, but it's about being around the people who can be like yes this is how you would do that right Right. You know what I mean? Because everything's an opportunity. Like, I yeah. see people that get so many opportunities, but it's like, I mean, yeah, you can get into manufacturing, you know, acoustic wall panels. You can get into manufacturing the chairs that you're sitting in. And yeah, those are all business opportunities, but you don't want to take on everything. You want to take on your piece of the niche that you think is valuable and your unique skills, knowledge, and attributes that can add to that. Yeah. But exactly it. You know, how can we tweak what your idea is and maybe make it realistic and, and doable? Definitely. And just getting people beside yourself like it's cool to be excited about something but when other people are excited about it too it's like mm -hmm. it just helps yeah because they say like entrepreneurship can be a lonely pursuit and like you know 
I don't know, I'm four years in running my own business and I, you know, on occasion, you see that, that lonely pursuit of it. But I think spaces like this provide that opportunity to, you know, mitigate that. Yeah, and that's exactly what we want. That's that community aspect. Mm-hmm. The rise to the top, as you said, gets lonely. Mm-hmm. And and having people at all different levels and echelons of their business journey is something that we want to kind of create as this community. So we take people of all kinds, you know, we have this, that's why we have the three memberships. We have the startup, scaling business, professional, you know, and that corresponds with the offices available. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who knows, if you, yeah, if you want to, you have the the capital to spend on an office. That's fine, and you're just getting going. It's but it's just kind of that's the the vision of the business is to have those diff, that that nice mix of entrepreneurship within this place. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess let's let's take a couple steps back. Um, like, what drew you to want to start a community of entrepreneurs or a community of people trying to get things done? Like, what made you want to start this? Well, well, selfishly, it's exactly what I was looking for too, right? Was having that that group of people that would encourage my stupid ideas, you know, <laughs> like that could be like, hey, the same exact accountability, you know, having people keeping me accountable to my own goals, um, having people that would do the same thing we just talked about, like, hey, I got this idea. Hey, what if you tweaked it and made it like this instead of like, that's a stupid idea. Let's just go watch the game. Or it's like, that's a stupid idea. Just whatever. I wanted, you know, to surround myself with those people. I, and the more I got to know people in Oshkosh and got comfortable with that network, I started to find out there's a lot of people like that that were interested in finding, you know, driven, success-oriented, you know, high-achieving individuals. I'm like, how do we get them all under one roof? Because imagine what we could accomplish if they were all in one environment and we just synergize and we could, you know, dump gas on each other's flame, you know? And, and I started to think about that. And it's like, how do we do that? And I just always was thinking about that. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm starting to build a portfolio of rental properties. You know, there's this real estate thing. What does that have to do with, you know, entrepreneurship? And it's like, well, maybe we could get an office. Maybe we could all come into this office. Maybe it would be like a success center or something like that. But then I started to think, what is like this in the market that people would understand? Ah, co-working, business incubator. That could be a really cool idea. And there's a couple like that in Oshkosh, but there's nothing that was really pulling that network in people constantly bringing in successful entrepreneurs giving them a microphone up on stage allowing people to ask questions you know like digging into those things because you would ask totally different questions than i would because we have very different you know we're very different journeys or we have very different businesses or whatever and there might be something that's just that gold nugget that gets someone from their current level to the next level and i was like how do we create that right here because I see plenty of, I run into successful business owners all over. I mean, you know, these business owners that own businesses downtown, a lot of my favorite restaurants are from these successful business owners. And and I'm like, how do we become that next generation of that? And I think that the encouragement is a lot of these people were homegrown. A lot of these people did it right here. And it was just, they took a leap, they had a system, a strategy, and they did it. Mm -hmm. For sure. I've been thinking a, a ton about that, just like, how does our generation, and I don't know where those lines are drawn, like, is it, you know, 30 and under, is it 30 to 20, it doesn't really matter, but like, how do you make a difference? And you have to get involved on all levels. Like, you have to get involved with your own generation, you have to be in contact with people who are in the next generation up that have done it already, and like, there's such a, like, a sharing Mm -hmm. community process in that, it's, it's really cool, actually, it's like, 
it's complicated and stuff but someone told me it, what you're describing is called the the law of 33% where you've got 33% of people you want to spend that are like your the top of the top right those are like the people who are totally crushing it years beyond you you know higher net worth higher success whatever those are people you want to spend time with 33% of the ride to the top right that's like these people kind of in your similar ballpark they're like-minded you guys are kind of figuring out stuff about the same time and 33% of those people that you want to give back to you want to mentor you want to share ideas and value with like a platform like this or you know a podcast or a class that you give mm -hmm. because there's plenty of people that are looking at you you've made it you're in that top 33% to them mm -hmm. and that's kind of this idea that I'm kind of trying to create here is like how do we have 33% each one of those buckets and bring them in at the right times yeah. so it's a work in progress but it's definitely the vision of the place that's awesome yeah and, and you can create a space for hopefully that bottom 66% and like also connect it to that top 33% like yeah you can help with this you know yeah and i think that does resonate with certain people and that's like where it becomes to like a, a relationship game and a numbers game like you just gotta ask and some people are gonna help you make it happen and some aren't you know and and if you're in an, and if you're in the environment where people are prepared to be asked that's even makes it easier right for sure i mean it's one thing to go up to somebody on the street and ask them a bunch of drill them with questions but it's another thing when you know they're teaching a class on something and you're able to raise your hand and say how did you do that <laughs> right yeah for real like in like it's like the circumstance or like the situation um so you're like a highly goal oriented person is that accurate yeah i guess so like um in terms of high achievement i feel like that's i th think that's something you said um like what was like your first like shot at that what was your first like shot at like um a project that you just like made happen because like obviously building some like a community like this comes from prior experience like you said portfolio of rental properties like um i find that the more successful projects i have under my belt i'm like oh like i could do i could do this again in this way mm -hmm. but like you need that foundation of failures or successes like what do you have like a first project um, when it kind of like culminated and you're like, I'm going to do something like, yeah, well it, it, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So like I'm a big believer that like win the game that you're playing, you know what I mean? Like, so when I was like in high school, I was really, I was kind of the same way. I was, I was really driven. Um, I was into sports and, and I was a jock. So like my goal was to like, how do I be like the best on the team? How do I continue to like, play at that next level and I was a football player then you know I got to play to college and that, but when I went to college I was like I don't want to just go to play football I want to go to a school that that is like that top level like because I want to be in an environment to win the game so at that year in like 2009 Forbes magazine ranked West Point the number one school in the country and I had an offer to play there for football so I said okay I'm doing that so then I was in a new set of of people that were all very ambitious goal-oriented types of people and it's like well how do I win like this game now right so like now it's like I gotta graduate because this is a huge deal and so I graduated and then it's like now I'm in the army it's like how do I and this is my job like how do I win this game and then I ended up getting out of the army I had a knee injury so I got discharge you know medical discharge honorable discharge and I'm like okay now there's no game 
like I'm not playing a game anymore. Like, what do I do? So I, I took a job back home where I grew up in Nina. Um, I was like, took a job at Oshkosh Corporation, great defense contractor, one of the better companies in the area at the time. So I took the job, and I'm like, how do I how do I win at this game now? You know, now I'm playing this this corporate game. How do I win? And I started to get an income that was high that I didn't know what to do with. So I'm like, let's get into real estate. How do I win that game? And I started to buy like properties, and then um, people were asking me, what are you doing? Like, how do you how do you do this thing? You're, you know, you're 24 years old and you're buying rental properties. You know, what are you doing? So then I started jumping on the phone and talking to him for hours and my friend and my networks and my wife's like, you should do like a, a consulting thing or a coaching thing. And I'm like, well, who wants to hear what I have to say? <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. eventually I started charging by the hour and then I started getting more people. And then eventually I rolled out a podcast so I could broadcast it. Um, podcasts, and it's like, now I'm gonna win the podcast game, right? And, and I was like, how do I make this good? And it was funny, I was at a conference a long time ago and I bought Lewis Howe's dinner because he was speaking at the conference. And Lewis Howe is a best-selling author of the, he has a podcast, School of Greatness. You know, people are probably familiar with him if they're, you know, into that kind of business, the business personality kind of thing. So I buy him dinner. And then um, I asked him, I'm like, what, what do you do to have a big podcast? Because I just got started, you know, and he said, you stick with it every day or every, you know, post your consistent rhythm for three or four years straight. Most people just drop it after like six months. And he's like, you don't realize how long six months is of running a podcast. You gotta come up with content, you gotta think of things to talk about, all that stuff. So just stick with it. So that's what I did. And then like, you know, a year and a half later, it got me speaking opportunities. Like I had General Petraeus on my podcast. I had, you know, people, winners of Dancing with the Stars. I've had celebrities, professional athletes, all these different people that I've been able to pick their brain. And it's just about like, figuring out what I got to do to win the game I'm in. And that's where the, the the motto that comes back at the Venture Project, bloom where you're planted. It's like, what are you doing now to just be great at what you're doing? Because that'll let that'll be the stepping stone to that next level. You know, even if it's like your job, just rock your job for now until you can get to that stepping stone to the next level, the next level, and just win the game you're in. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of, I don't know if yeah. that answered your question. No, I, I like that. <laughs> so... Where did, where did that competitive nature come from for you? Because it's like, it's great advice, and like I'd, I'd like to get into some tactical things in a minute here in that regard, win the game you're in. Because it's like, two, it's like a timeline thing. It's like some people can win the game they're in in a year, and some people it's five, and some people it's 30. You know, and then you get to play different games, like in your case. yeah. So it's almost more of like winning the season you're in, because you're going to lose some games occasionally. Mm -hmm. But if you can have a winning season, <laughs> I love the sports analogies. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, no. But it's like, but that's you know, for you example, like like the football thing, right? So the, I, the the reason I wanted to win in football was because my team in high school sucked. So like, we were 0 9 my junior year, my high school football team. We were 1 and 8 my senior year. And for a person who's third generation college football player, you know, football was like just part of our life. That was like really hard to deal with. Everybody just telling you you suck all the time, like, you know, the whole time you do 0 and 9 football, like it's a joke. And, you know, it was hurting my recruiting and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. it was from like losing some games that made me want to win the more important ones, the bigger games, the, the you know, and it's like this idea has carried through, like even with real estate. Um, 
I was doing really well with multifamily investing. We were doing wholesaling and a couple other options, like strategies with real estate investing. So I was like, oh, what if we just add a couple zeros and do a bigger project? And that totally backfired when I got dumped into, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in engineering costs. And I'm just like, and then I, the project didn't pencil out. I'm like, whoa, well, this sucks. You know, now we're out and there's nothing to show for it. There's no way to see this money come back. It was these little failures that made me want to win the next thing I was working on. And that was like the drive that I always had. And it's about you can lose, but you want to win the season. You know, you don't want to lose the season too, because then you lose the next season and you lose the next season and winning breeds winning and losing breeds losing. And that's, I guess, one of the ways that I've kind of looked at things. It's just not like I just do great at everything I do. I actually probably do poorly at most things I do. It's just one or two things that are the right things at the right time that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's interesting because so at a, at a young age for me, um, I feel like like if I was asked the question, what do you like better, winning or losing or something like that? Or like what's more valuable or something? Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid question. I was just going to say like I like winning right now. Like I've had a, a few victories as of late in my mind but mm-hmm. like yeah but you do learn so much from the losses and like they do really shape like everything you do from there and you what's, learn a lot about yourself too right yeah. what what's like the biggest loss you've ever in your mind obviously losses are completely subjective there's a lot of them i mean there's a lot of things that that go on like behind the scenes because people are very complex, right? And there's things that like, you don't know about going on in in relationships that you have or or family dynamics people have or business partnerships. Um, And there's like lots of little things like that, that sometimes it's the people that mean the most to you that are the ones that wanna see you fail the most in a lot of ways. And I'm not like saying that that's always the case with me, but um, a lot of things that that were tough for me was, my family would show me a lot of superficial support in a lot of different ways. Um, but then it was in a lot of ways, they didn't understand what I was doing. They're like, what are you talking about on social media for? Why are you out there? Are you okay? Is there something going on? And it was like, that was all I had for my friends. You know, I was just like these, my family, I go cocktails with them. They're my, they're my people. And they think that what I'm doing is completely crazy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a group. My friends were just like, well, what are you doing? You're 24 years old. You should be going to the bars and hanging out and having a good time. They didn't understand. And it's like this small group of community was just very discouraging in a lot of ways at all these different ideas that I had. And it took a long time to figure out that it didn't necessarily matter so much what they thought. It was getting over what other people think and being able to trust your instincts and trust your intuition with good strategy and good guidance. So when you ask the question, like, what are some of your like biggest losses? It's that even if you win, it doesn't matter if nobody recognizes it, right? It's like you're expecting a win. You're expecting like what Tom Brady experienced yesterday where like confetti falls and every freaking ESPN anchor is sitting there telling you how great you are or whatever. Uh, but the reality is nobody really cares. And in fact, people are probably more excited that you don't win. And, and that's not the case for everybody, but that's at least what, what it seemed like when I was doing stuff. And that was difficult because I had to get over the fact like, dude, are you doing this for 
for the right reasons? Like, are you doing this just because you want like fame and people to look at you well? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing this because like you legitimately want to contribute and want to do something cool? And going through that like mind shift was something that was a, I would call it that experience a loss that I learned from because yeah. it was like, yes, yeah, this isn't about me. This is about like what I'm creating for somebody to be valuable, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. I actually had the same experience pretty much with my business, which around the same time, 23, 24, like, um, I was going through some of the entrepreneurship stuff, which I hope you connect with through this whole venture project, which is like, um, you know, what, uh, what Dan runs at the CEI, Mm -hmm. um, but the entrepreneurship programs and Venture Wisconsin was originally this app idea and like it was this huge idea like everything that I wanted to promote everything there was to do everywhere in an app and like um, yeah there was some like arrogance to it like why am I actually doing this like for three years just kind of like not doing much but writing a lot of ideas down and talking a lot of shit (laughs) you know like for real and then it culminated with like me bombing my pitch in front of Craig Culver like at the pitch contest or Mm -hmm. whatever um and then like I like kept going obviously and like got the advice I needed and found the real intention like what am I what am I trying to do you know I'm trying to help people like you know make the most of their free time like Mm -hmm. um cultivate memories and experiences and like but it's so important to like not only go through that yourself but i don't know if you can speed up that process if you can hear from people who've been through it it is so valuable like um and it is interesting too that culture aspect at 24 like you should be going out like you said you should be drinking and partying and like i think about it and i'm like who could i have hung out with back then to like speed that process up like because my roommates and my college friends are great like I love them to death but um they didn't necessarily aid my growth in you know being an entrepreneur it's like where can you find that and hopefully this is that you know hopefully the venture project is that somewhere yeah you can bring some aspiring you know maybe cocky yeah maybe shit talking college students in and be like look like we've been in this for five years we've been in this for 15 years we've been in this for 25 years like you know stick with it and we're here for you yeah and and like you're unique in that way the where you're you're you were looking for that kind of mentor or that kind of like next generation of success in your view or whatever and it was it's difficult to find that was the same like i was actually looking for it i was like i don't want to do what everybody else is really doing right now like i i want but i couldn't really find those people um so what i just started doing was i was looking for you know i was looking at all these different projects that i read about at like west side association and like development and i was like well, who are some of these people that are building these really cool development projects in real estate because like, they've got to have something figured out if they're doing that Mm-hmm. And I would just start reaching out to them and seeing where our networks overlapped and seeing, you know, I wasn't like cold calling people, but I was trying to see like, who do I know that knows this person that knows this person, get some warm introductions, and then we could maybe connect over a drink. And, you know, I'm confident that once we're talking about stuff, we can find some common ground where, where we could, you know, hit it off. And that's kind of what I was trying to do. And I was like, 
I don't, I don't know if people need to go through that. Like they could, if this is an environment where you could have people like that and we could already broker those relationships and those friendships with people, this could happen right here under the roof. Like you don't need to go in the phone book and try to find the guy with the biggest ad the phone books exist anymore. I don't know, maybe go whitepages.com or something yeah. or some guy that spends the most on Facebook ads and try to find him. I guess maybe you could do it that way, but you're not trying to like network that old way anymore. I want to create an environment where people can network here where we can bring in these like you know pull the members who do you guys want to hear from who'd be someone that could add value to your business to your life who's what's a question you've wanted to ask somebody and i'll see where my network overlaps how do we pull them in or find somebody that i know that knows somebody that knows somebody that get them in here mm-hmm. and i mean we've already been doing that a little bit like we've got some you know musicians and stuff in the area that are going to come play that i never would think would ever be able to come play right and like i've i've seen people that have been on my podcast that i never would have thought would ever come on my podcast and it's just that same environment is where we can start to leverage our own network and create this like cool mentorship community mm-hmm. definitely and it's cool because you have a found this foundation that you're leveraging and it's like it's only going to grow through network effects you know all of a sudden someone else joins on and they've got a crazy cool network or you know just good connections with connections and right cool stuff starts it's like facebook but with real people yeah exactly (laughs) um so you mentioned like when you're talking about that like 24 age period where you were kind of like um starting to build this network and starting down this path and you were saying it's kind of instinctual like um is there is there a moment or like um or do you have any thoughts maybe even just on following your instincts because i think both of why like why where where we are is because of that like just trusting kind of what you thought you wanted Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people don't lack that but don't listen to it they like close off to that like yeah so i'm a big believer that there's um everything is is a balance right and you know it comes from from aristotle's belief with the virtue of the mean that all virtues are, are a mean between two extremes right and I think I view this idea of, you could say, intuition or like people that are are rash and just dive into stuff all at once could be one side of the spectrum. But then you could be people that have like paralysis by analysis that keep researching and researching, researching and never take action. And there's somewhere in the middle that works. So I started out really rash when I was like 24 and I did a bunch of stuff. Some of it worked, a lot of it didn't. And some of it was really painful that I went through. So then it got to the point when I was like 26, I was like super cautious and I didn't really do anything because I was like always researching, really slowed down a ton. And it was almost the total opposite because I would, I started doing a bunch of stuff when I was like 24 and I wasn't listening to anybody. I was like, I don't need to listen to anybody because they're going to tell me not to do it. And then I just decided to go do it. Then when I was 26, I started listening to everybody. But then when you listen to everybody, you get all this conflicting data and it just freezes you. And I was like, okay, this sucks. So now, now, like with this project, I think I found a good balance of when to listen to what I want to do and when to not. You know what I mean? So, like, for example, this just pulling the trigger on this project, a bunch of people told me not to do it. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do this because I know exactly what I'm doing right now. Like now I'm very confident in what will work. And then I, but like there's other things when people give me ideas like this event area we designed in the corner was not my idea. Right. 
my idea. I wanted to have events here, but I was it wasn't my idea to do it on Main Street, build the bar right there, like all that, until someone was like, hey, this would be cool if we did this. And I was like, that would be really cool. And so it's like I knew when to listen to people and when not to. And that's kind of like finding that balance of like when to take action on your gut because mm-hmm. you're you like you are ultimately what's going to make your product, your business cool is the fact that like you're different. If you listen to everybody else, well, then it would then that's like not a unique thing. So like there is a lot of value to following your gut mm-hmm. and doing it well. But you also want to like check in with ideas and see if there's better ones. And you're the like it's like leadership, right? Like you want to surround yourself with advisors, but your advisors aren't going to just vote on a decision and make it. Like eventually, you as the leader listen to everybody, process, and go. And that's kind of like what I've had to kind of figure out the last couple of years because before I just went, then when I was like. Then I went to like, no, I'm just going to listen to everybody. And then, ah, they all have good points. I don't know. And then now it's like, yeah, you have good points. I don't like those. I'm just going to do this. And Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of an art more than a science, I would say. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of self-trust, like that balance you're talking about is like trusting yourself and like, correct me if I'm off base here, but it seems like giving yourself the opportunity to be that rash person mm-hmm. that jumps in and either you know succeeds or fails that's like how you build that self-trust are you familiar with like the five second rule or whatever like mel robbins well if it doesn't matter in five years don't spend five seconds thinking about it that one no it's okay. like uh <laughs> basically it's like your psychology if you come up with like like oh i should talk to that person or oh i should c- call that person or um just any impulse you have about five seconds to actually do it before your brain tells you a story of why you shouldn't do it. Mm. Because like your brain wants to protect the status quo because it's just like safety, right? Um, and training yourself to have those impulses is a whole nother thing. That's like creativity, that's writing down ideas. But like actually acting on those ideas is like kind of what creates happiness to a degree. Like. Um, you're honoring yourself because like those impulses are coming from like what you think you want to be or what you tell yourself you want to be it's like your self image mm-hmm. so those impulses if you don't act on them you're not being true to yourself you yeah know what I mean yeah um, but anyways that's exactly the that's exactly the point I was trying to make too with like the like you're your business you know like if you just listen to everybody else all the time well then you're not really contributing any value you're just, I guess, the decision maker, you know, but like when you add your own flavor to it and you trust your own decisions and your own thoughts, I think you're exactly right. That's why that's more fulfilling, number one, but it's also why you become you. I mean, like Steve Jobs, right? Like, you know, he would, he didn't know exactly what he wanted, but he knew exactly what he didn't want. Mm -hmm. And then he was really committed to what he wanted. People would tell me his ideas were stupid all the time or whatever, but, but that's what made him great was his ability to kind of follow that path that that this is what i'm looking for here right Mm -hmm. and that's what made him unique i think everybody's got something like that within them um maybe not to that scale or maybe not in that industry but there's something like that that people have that's gonna how they can carve out you know their role in the world through their own unique identity yeah no matter no matter what the size of that chunk that you're carving out there is a space for everyone's authentic self Mm -hmm. and like finding that authenticity is like 
like I don't fully know who I am you don't fully know who you are and we're talking and like through talking we're learning about ourselves like but it's important to start yeah it's important to put yourself in the position to seek and explore and yeah because starting it like you're saying jumping into it also gives you the opportunity to learn how you're going to deal with the consequence of that decision it could be a good idea it could be a bad idea either one you're going to respond to it and then you start to learn how you respond to these different things so if you fail three or four times you know what it feels like to fail and you're less scared to fail because oh i've done this a couple times like whatever we can figure this out like dr phil says he's like i don't really he's like i don't really fear going broke and living on the side of the street because i did that once you know and it's just like that's kind of why he's able to have a lot more confidence in what he does because it's like i've already known what it's like to go to rock bottom i can go back again i'll be fine mm -hmm. uh, so i can take that step but you only you know not wishing that to anybody right but it's the it's the fact that you have a confidence when you failed a couple times you're like okay i can do this again yeah. i don't want to but this isn't going to stop me from taking this 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 big action now pretty funny that you brought up dr phil why are you not man <laughs> phil mcgraw um dr phil i saw mcgraw <laughs> um i saw a good uh tweet recently that was like from a musician uh, i don't even remember how i found her she like doesn't have many followers but it was like authenticity eventually becomes creativity it's like yes like like being true to yourself eventually yeah eventually is viewed by everybody that's not you mm -hmm. as creative because it's you like yeah it's also not you it's just like you just like lean into it yeah you know and that's the sweet spot too right like you can you know those people that are like so creative that there's nothing that's like relatable to what they do so it's not valuable so there's like that's where you get into this kind of like i mean you know if lyle's still watching that's how you see a comedy like if you're making jokes that don't resonate with anybody you're not a successful comedian mm -hmm. you can think that's creative and it could be very unique and creative but it, there's nothing common about it so there's like this balance like you want to be common enough to where you can connect and people can find value with it but you also want to be unique enough to where it's something different and fun mm -hmm. yeah, and that's something i think comedy is a good example of that right it's when you see a great comedian as one that has brought up something that's really common that you've never thought of in that way and that's why it's kind of funny right yeah yeah comedy is great in terms of like finding your voice like i think that's one of the coolest things you can spend your time trying to do is find your voice like that's like my favorite part and maybe you've experienced this with your podcast about this podcast is like just like you have so many things that you think about and you think are smart and you think are awesome and then you f try to talk about them with someone that you respect and very quickly you'll find which ideas are well thought out and which ideas like you're you know it's a castle of sand yeah because you start talking about it and you're like oh god like what am i saying yeah you know yeah because you're like you're formulating your thoughts that you might have not like it's, you've processed it differently in your brain but then when you go to articulate it it comes out differently and then you're like i didn't take this down as far as i wanted to like, or i didn't think about it in terms of the commons like you said like how someone else would perceive this it's like oh like all of my experiences made that seem super obvious but it's like what about people who haven't had experience one three and 17 out of these 
37 experiences that made that idea. Right. Like a great example, I got invited to speak at Madison, UW Madison one time, and it's like all like sophomores in college or whatever. And I'm like, you know, live your best life. Like this is the time, you know, all this stuff just getting in. They're just sitting there like, and then I started, I'm like, okay, they're in college. They're at a mandatory lecture right now. They probably don't really care about this. And I started talking about, I used an example with like headphones and they all started like lighting up and started getting all excited. Cause I was just talking about some stupid thing like headphones. And it was like, ah, this is a great example of just like meeting your audience where they're at, you know? Cause like they, they're not at a phase and like, they're just want to get out of this thing and go drink or whatever. Right. They're not interested in, in living their best life, but how do I like connect that? And that was like a, a, a fun challenge for me. So I use like some stupid example with headphones and it just clicked, but it was the same exact, exact idea of like, you know, finding out how do I articulate something because communication is about being able to get this idea transcribed from a, an abstract thought into a language that you and I mutually understand. And then you have to hear it, interpret that, get it to the same thought. I mean, the, the capacity for failure in that is just so easy, right? There's a million different examples that you could get lost in translation for, for the, the exact definition of the phrase. Right. Definitely. But yeah, yeah, we digress. No, I, <laughs> I thought, um, that made me think of, I did a little presentation with Jess Meidel, who you just had. Yeah. Because we were the same major. Um, we graduated the same semester. And she invited me to, like, the IWM club, which is our major. Um, and I remember, like, giving all these, like, um, tactical, like, advices on, like, you need to be, like, practicing social media. Like, actually, like, you think you know social media, and to a degree you do, but, like, you don't because like in i don't know there are some people who never post on social media even though they like shit and they grew up with it doesn't mean you can go to a business and make it happen it's like go to a business and offer your services for free and i was giving all this advice and it was like for sure just like people had to be there for class and like nobody wanted to pipe up (laughs) even the board was kind of like what (laughs) but um they're different mindsets too but yeah you have to speak to your audience um where they're at right you have to like connect with them any way you can so kind of a slight change of topic like where where do you want to take all of this and like um do you have like different timelines or phases of like how this kind of builds out the venture project yeah yeah i mean like i believe in in approaching a project you know optimistically but you also want to like hedge your downsides the best you can you know so one way we did that was was i didn't um i didn't buy the property i leased the property right because i want to see if if this is really something that that oshkosh gets excited about i want to see if there's really a market for this uh i'm pretty optimistic obviously you know i've poured a lot of money of my own money into this so i i I have every opportunity i have every belief that this is going to be successful so there's kind of like this three-year lease that i'm going to see if this is something that's really working and if it's really working well then we can buy the property right and then if it's really working after that well then we can look at 
where's another place we could set this up? The vision I have, and this is one of my crazy ideas, is that like, what if there was like a success center? And what I picture is like, you ever been to like a lifetime gym, you know, where like there's those like mega gyms that have like everything under the sun in like one place. I'm only familiar with them because my friend was working on building one. Um, He's on the construction team in the San Fran area. And then COVID like kind of delayed it, but I'm aware of the concept. Yeah, it's like yeah, kind of like a YMCA, but like private sector. Yeah, and so basically, for those that aren't familiar with a Lifetime Gym, it's a massive, massive gym. It looks like a warehouse, and there's you know everything under the sun. There's racquetball, indoor tennis, indoor basketball, blah, 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 you know, just like everything you can absolutely imagine in these places. And I was like, it would be really cool if there was something like that, but for like success driven people, like an auditorium where you could have like, you know, motivational speakers, like a, a huge gym where people could just get jacked and like focus on their health, like a cool restaurant that's like got like healthy options of any different diet type you have from carnivore to vegan, right? Like, you know, what uh, an environment where there's like co-working where people can start their businesses or whatever. And like, there's like some big atrium you walk in. Like, that's like what I think would be really cool for this to like turn into. But I was like, you know, being an, a, a visionary, how do you ground that into something that will work today? And it's like, so here at a micro level, we're trying it out. We're going to see if this works right here in Osh Vegas, baby. You know, like we've got a podcast studio. we got a little event area. We've got a conference room, you know, and can we make this work in this town? Like, can we find that community we're looking for? And I have every, you know, belief in my heart that there's absolutely a bunch of people out there that are craving the same experience. They're, they want to create, they want to tell their story on a podcast format. They want to speak in front of people. They might, if they don't want to speak, maybe they want to write, maybe they want to create, you know, how do we get that out there and and create an environment for it and make this like a success factory? There's like a little basement area where I thought about putting a gym down there, dude. You know, like I want to create that kind of vision at a micro level. So do what I can, bloom where you're planted, you know, but that's like the vision of what I think would be cool. It's like the venture project was like, looked like a lifetime fitness, you know, from the highway, massive business where just like be a success center. You know, why do people spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at a country club? You know, why, why couldn't you have a club geared at people that are driven, ambitious, want to grow? It's interesting. I like the country club parallel there. Because, like, the first, like, the biggest question as you were explaining that for me was, like, okay, like, what is the revenue model? And it's, like, membership. It's, like, okay, big-time membership. It's, like, okay, you know how are you going to do that if you're going to be the skeptic and it's like well country clubs do it it's like oh yeah it's a good gyms do it yeah yeah but i feel like country clubs you pay like a lot for like just golf and you know in in our generation there's a lot of trends saying our generation isn't interested in golf anymore but dude yeah i've looked at like i mean i was like looking at like country clubs for sale in different areas to just see like what does it cost if i wanted to do this you know because that's the first question you got to ask when you have a crazy stupid idea is like well, what would this actually take to do? Mm-hmm. And people are like selling country clubs and you can buy some in different states for like 450, $400,000, $500,000. Like, so when you put it like that, it's like, it's not crazy. Like, yeah, that's expensive, yeah. but it's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so then I just was like, well, what if we did it here in Oshkosh? You know, like yeah. we could find some businesses. So we looked at some properties, you know, and not crazy. Like this is enough space now. We got 700, you know, 7,500 square feet of space here. And we could maybe try this out, make it like a little club for like success driven people. And yeah. 
we sell memberships and you have a space to work. So it's like the idea is much deeper than just co-working, as you can see, like the vision of this. But this is a model that's familiar with people. They're come, the people that use co-working are usually more driven, success-oriented people. And maybe over time, it can evolve into something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you need anything from me, definitely let me know. But yeah, I like where you're going with it. I like that it's downtown. It's in the heart. Um, and I think it's funny that you say that, like start with asking like what it takes, like, how much is it going to cost? Cause I think that's a, I think that's a real estate driven mindset. Cause like I'm, I don't own any real estate, but like, um, like my wife and I have been looking at like houses to flip or like what does a duplex look like you know mm-hmm. stuff like that and uh that's like the question i've been asking in every situation is like what kind of check does someone have to write to make something like this happen so like there's like the uh albrich gardens my wife and i just went with another couple it's basically at the mitchell park domes in milwaukee okay you familiar no it's so there are these like giant glass domes there's three of them and they have like different ecosystems in them okay um there's one in madison but there's just one and it's like a a pyramid of glass and then there's like you know a tropical like literally tropical plants growing in the winter in wisconsin it's like indoor ecosystem but it's it's infrastructure like it's big you know and it's like like a big greenhouse kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and then like to like that stuff's. I mean, that stuff's cool to me. Like I'm, um, I don't know. I'm environmentally driven, but I'm like, what kind of a check does someone have to write to make something like that happen? And mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not probably one check. It's like you have to get, you know, probably hundreds of people invested in it. But yeah. it can happen. Is the point? And that's a good question. Though, like, what kind of check does it take to make this happen? And then you start to research it, and you start to find, well, what's the business model that that they did? And like, you know, like I used to think, you know, you go to like, uh, is it Third Ward in Milwaukee that has kind of like the cool, you know, renovated historic buildings? And I was always like, that'd be really cool. Like, what does that mean? So that's how I got into learning about how these massive multifamilies with cool commercial, you know, first levels and all this stuff, and how people are creating this. So I started to research how developers, real estate developers make money and I started to learn about syndications and how they really you know there's a general partner that puts a little cash up front but organizes the whole show and he takes investors money and makes things happen finding limited partners and I started to learn that yeah that's like it's not just like I used to think it was just some big rich guy that looked like the monopoly guy that just decided they were going to go build stuff and it's like no this is really people that just kind of pull you know through their networks investors together that make cool things happen and that became really a, a really um, what's the word I'm looking for? Realistic path to some really ambitious things. And you start to see that everywhere is like, well, how did they build, you know, these different stadiums or whatever, whatever. It's like, you, it's usually just a, a, some guy that comes up with some ideas, they find deals and then those deals become lucrative opportunities for other investors to buy into. Mm-hmm. And, now it's a strategy. Now there's a, a path. Before it was like, oh, I need to have the hundred million dollars to buy this. It's like, well, yeah, but they're only putting you know fifteen million down. The banks f- finance and the rest, and you're getting some investors in, and the investors cover you know another fourteen million. So really, this guy only put a million down. Still a lot of money, but you know whatever. And 
but it becomes a, a strategy then it becomes a plan when you start mm-hmm. to ask those questions how did somebody else do this or what are they doing but most people don't have that kind of burning curiosity that you had you know where you ask that question like what's it take because mm-hmm. when you ask that you learn exactly what it does take and then you can go recreate that yeah when you ask that it's like um you know small path in the jungle opens up and like you just have to choose if you're gonna go down it or not right you know but by asking like it opens it you know and you can like parking lot those ideas you know like you can journal on it and just be like at some point this might fit into my plan yeah right now it's a distraction right but i don't know there might be a day in the future that i'm prepared to kind of go to that and I think that's good to do for people, like not to just bury that idea or dismiss it, but just like just parking lot it for a little bit and see if that can synchronize into the next level of your life, you know? Yeah, but you got to keep moving forward too. You got to keep asking and be open to opportunities. And there's so many opportunities. Like people just people want to help. So many people have extra money and they want that money to be invested in a valuable way mm-hmm. it's a numbers game it's it's the same you know it, like we were talking about um enlisting support for the venture project like once you have the idea is as long as it's authentic to you like you you know you just gotta ask enough people mm-hmm. it'll happen yeah and that's, cool. and that's exactly it you know that's the venture project. You so, know? yeah. So where do you think, where do you see like yourself, I guess in this micro timeline? So like, like, are you launched yet or is launched like in March? And yeah. So then, we, like, we, what else do you have to get done? So February has been like, we've been calling it a rolling start, you know, soft launch. Um, we do have, we do have offices rented. We do have cubicles rented. Uh, we're signing up flex members. People are renting out this podcast studio. Um, there's a, like two rooms that have to be painted and then it's just kind of, you know, decorating things like that, just kind of putting up knickknacks and, and kind of putting those finishing touches on and our grand openings March 10th. Uh, so this next I'd say month is more or less just kind of buttoning it up. Right. But we're, we're fully operational right now. And the people that are kind of interest that have, have decided to kind of join early are those same people that are kind of interested in having a stake in it. They're interested in kind of growing with it. They, they're interested in helping. They, they want to see this thing come about. And that's exactly the kind of people that we want, you know, cause it's like, it, when can I do you a favor, you know? And it's just like about having that community of people supporting and helping. So we're, we're operational right now. You know, people can come through and do a tour. You might see, um, you know, some, some, a dent in the wall might need some spack on it. You know, there's little things like that, but for the most part, we are fully running. The furniture in here is good to go. We are, we got the Wi-Fi hot, you know, everything's rocking. So it's more or less just, uh, putting artwork up. The Wi-Fi is hot. <laughs> Wi-Fi is hot, baby. One G gigabyte. <laughs> That's funny. We'll see if the stream's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Speak of, speak of the devil. I think it should be good. I've seen this before. So I've been doing streams on Zoom mostly because of just COVID and circumstances and whatever. And been learning a lot more about like 
because I I have to watch the screen as you're doing everything, you know. So you kind of realize like what's a big deal and what's not. And, yeah. Yeah. But cool, man. Um, yeah, I love what you're doing. I think uh, I think Oshkosh needs it, and I think truly like northeast wisconsin's biggest issue and everyone's super open about it especially from like the organizational level is like attracting and retaining young talent Mm -hmm. and it's like we need community built by young talent yeah and like it's a big undertaking and like you know someone's got to bloom where they're planted you know so it's cool that you're doing it here and um it's not some it's not some realist it's not some regis like sorry regis like yeah it's not just like you pop in you work for whatever you know some company and and you want to just find an office or whatever it really came like that's what kind of was the final kick in the butt was when i was talking with dan brosman at the university and he's like look these people are winning these culver's competitions and they're getting serious grant money and uh these entrepreneurs are these these uwo students are having these brilliant entrepreneurial ideas and they leave and they go to other places and i said why is that and he, he said honestly it's just like a lack of resources it's a lack of mentorship lack of community and that's when it just like everything in this idea just all kind of clicked together and i was like it needs to happen here it needs to happen now and we need to roll Mm -hmm. with this and that's when we started doing our events last year uh we'd invite students out we'd talk with them we'd have you know i'd buy people food and drinks and stuff and it was just it blew up and to the point where it's like let's do them here you know let's let's get a brick and mortar location and let's make this like kind of vision that i've been kicking around something that's real Mm -hmm. and let's have a pipeline of students coming here starting the next instagram and facebook and all these different startups right here in Oshkosh and let's keep them here like I want them I want to build in something right across the street like a new freaking corporate headquarters right here downtown and and that's how the economy works is is being able to really grow those little saplings right and that's kind of bloom where you're planted right mm-hmm. so how do yeah. we be like the fertilizer the seed the sunshine you know it's perfect timing too like with just like Microsoft investing in Titletown Tech and like there's collaborative opportunities there and like if we like Northeast Wisconsin like Oshkosh is never going to be Chicago mm-hmm. you know maybe in a hundred years but like Appleton same thing Green Bay same thing like it takes a long time to be that but I, I believe that if Northeast Wisconsin works together as a region like we we truly have some some great things to offer from expertise talent resources natural resources culture you know community um there's just a great foundation i agree yeah it's like its own metropolis kind of mm-hmm. super sprawled out which is could be a strength we just have to like figure out how that works and looks and how we talk about it Mm-hmm. It's that communication. It's reaching those fucking college kids that have to go to that presentation. Like, we're all in that speaker's seat, like, trying to figure out, like, how do we connect? Yeah. You know? Well, I'd always try to explain that, like, when I lived in other places. I'm like, I'm not, like, really from rural Wisconsin, like, but I'm not really from, like, a big city. I was from Nina. I'm like, it's kind of like 
a suburban area, I guess, but there's no big city, you know, like I was trying yeah. to like explain it because it's very unique. The Fox cities is like really a unique area. Mm-hmm. There's like multiple cities together that are, it's like the benefits of a big city, but all the benefits of like a, like a suburb too, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting place. Yeah. There's people. One of a I kind. Mean, I think our region is 2 million people. Like that's a lot, you know, it's not, it's not insignificant. Sweet man. Do you have any other last call to actions for people like the website and stuff? Yeah. Went over this already. But yeah. But if, you know, if you're just jumping on like the venture project, Oshkosh.com, um, go to our Instagram, the underscore venture underscore project. Uh, and we're on Facebook, the venture project. I'm sure once we'll have this tagged in the comments, I'm sure, or anywhere else, but yeah, I'm just, you know, if you guys want to check it out, you want to swing by, let me know. And if you have ideas for, if you want to speak, if you want to, if you play music or you want to like, you know, promote a gig or whatever, like we have a stage, we have people, let's get people in here and do cool stuff. Like we want this place to be bumping, happening, always something going on. You know, we didn't even really talk about the whole entertainment education piece of the business. That's a whole another category that, that we want people in here creating, educating, entertaining, inspiring. And so if you're a person or know people that want to do that in this area, area you know hit me up seriously send me a message on any of the socials we'll get back to you sweet thank you thank you for watching this is aaron armstrong the venture project in oshkosh things are happening moves are being made join the movement thanks for watching everybody have a good one Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me. 